Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. Today we're going to talk about uh, a healthy, normal family. The only problem with this is there's no such thing as a normal family. And most families aren't 100% healthy. You know, 50 years ago, when uh, I came to Des Moines, I was three, and, um, and <laughs> what happened was that it was very easy to teach on marriage and home and family because there, there's basically nuclear families. Nuclear families are like a husband and a wife who are married, and they have two and a half children, you know. And, and they stay together, and, and, and whether the marriage is perfect or not, they, they stuck together. Today, we got a whole different kind of climate for families. Today, we have single parents, uh, a mother or a father, seeking to be both to their child or their children and raise them up properly and provide for them. We have what are called extended families where both parents and grandparents are living together and parenting the children we have blended families where two different families with two different usually sets of children try to put all that together and make it to be a harmonious and a wonderful family and home and relationship. We have uh, grandparent families where grandparents have taken over pretty much the raising of the children. Maybe they're, they're the, the kids' parents are in jail or they're on drugs or some addiction or they're dead or they, they just don't care, or they're too young. We've got all kinds of family settings. And then added to that, just recently in our culture, we've been adding the uh, two moms family, where you have two lesbian ladies who either live together or get married, and they adopt child or children or have their own children. And then you have two gay men who live together or get married and then they adopt children or have a, a surrogacy of some kind or another. And so when a pastor is asked to come and teach on the, the normal, healthy family, boy, is that a hard task because there just ain't no such thing, you know. There isn't a, a normal, healthy family. So what I tried to do thinking about today, because we're going to go back to our Captain of the Storm series next week. But I want to take this Sunday on Father's Day to think about some characteristics of a healthy family, because there are many that are listed in the Bible. We're going to look at seven, so we're going to have to kind of go through them quickly. But I want you to see them, and then we'll show you how you can practice them all week long. Seven characteristics of a healthy family. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for every person here in this room today. I thank you for every individual because uh, we are so important to you, but I also thank you for every father, mother, grandparent. And I hope we'll listen carefully to what your word says. And then, God, be not just hearers of the word, but be doers, people who this week will live out these qualities and then experience the blessing that comes from obedience to what you teach us. I... Uh, can't do that by myself. We can't do that by ourselves. So we're so dependent upon you. 
And that's why we pause right now and ask you to give us ears that hear and hearts that are open to, to take in your truth and then let that truth set us free to be the people you created us to be this week. What a joy it is to know there's a God who loves us. There's a Christ who's died for us and made a way of forgiveness of our sin and, 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 and newness of life in the family of God. We are so grateful for you, our Heavenly Father. Thank you for loving us and showing us how to love. Now may we learn. Teach us, Holy Spirit, and we'll give you, Lord Jesus, the praise in your name. Amen. The first characteristic is this. Healthy families affirm the value and uniqueness of each person in the family. Now, that started with creation. Notice what we read in Genesis 1.27. So God created. All right? So all of a sudden, every one of us become important because it's God who has created us. God created human beings. That's us. In his own image, that means we have multitudes of the qualities and characteristics of God in us. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So every person has a unique personality. And every person has unique abilities that are born into them, created in the image of God. We're uniquely made. And every person has a God-ordained purpose. That's the reason parents can have four children in their family that God gave them through birth, and yet every one of those kids will be just so totally distinctively different. And it amazes you. How can you come out of the same womb and from the same gene pool and be so totally different? Well, the reason is because God makes every person with a God-ordained purpose and personality and abilities and potential. And he wants us as parents to honor that, to free that, to encourage that development of that unique person. The goal of parenting is to help our children know Christ as their Savior first and foremost. And then, under proper discipline, for those children to become all that God created them to be, to just blossom. So, a very powerful statement, first of all, is healthy families affirm the value and uniqueness of each person in the family. The second characteristic of a healthy family is healthy families communicate with truth and grace. In other words, we've got to be very wise and careful how we talk to each other because we don't want to tell each other lies because only the truth will set us free. So parents must model as well as teach truth, but always that truth must be presented in a spirit of love, where there's an open and safe and trusting communication between the parent and the child. Otherwise, the child won't hear, and they may miss so much truth that could be presented in love. Let me show you what the Bible says. Ephesians 4.15, we will speak the truth in love. Everywhere Jesus went, He never compromised. He always spoke the truth. 
He never tried to do anything to just please the people so that he would water down the truth. He always spoke the truth. But everywhere he went, they sensed, man, how this person loves me. And when we speak the truth in love, then we grow in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. The third characteristic of a healthy family is this. Families like that display unconditional love to one another. And unconditional love is a a foundation of confidence and assurance that can be built into a family to where a child knows no matter if I mess up, no matter if I don't even obey, no matter if I don't do things exactly the way that my parents would like, no matter if I go off another way than they want me to, they're going to love me. Nothing's going to change that. And I can tell you one thing about God. He loves us with unconditional love. He may have to discipline us. He may have to chastise us. He may have to, uh, to, to teach us but he never changes in his love for us. Boy, what security that gives to a child. Because every child's going to mess up. Every child's going to disobey. Every child's probably going to rebel and go off on their own way somehow. And they need to have that assurance that though I may come under reproof or correction or discipline, I am loved. Let me show you what that kind of love sounds like. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now, this is powerful. This is unconditional love. Notice it. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I will tell you, as parents, you're going to have all kinds of circumstances. And as children, you're going to have to work through all kinds of circumstances. But if you've got that knowledge, mom and dad and God love me with an unconditional love, boy, even if they go off this way, God can use that kind of assurance to bring them back. That's what happened in Luke 15 with the prodigal son. What a model for this kind of unconditional love. The fourth characteristic. Healthy families vow to, and boy is this important, never abuse verbally, emotionally, mentally, or physically. Never abuse, never shame calling names, putting down, negating Never control. See, our problem as parents often is we try to control our kids. I want you to know something. You cannot change and fix your kid. You can model Christ before your child. You can pray your heart out for your child. You can teach your child morning, noon, and night. 
You can encourage them toward the things of God. But ultimately, they are the ones that are responsible for their life. And often we try to change and fix our kids rather than pray for God, their heavenly Father, to work in their lives and guide them and direct them and lead them in the path they should go. And if we're not modeling that path, then it's going to be harder for those kids. So, healthy families never abuse, they never shame, they never control, and they never intimidate each other. Intimidation is a, a terrible thing to live under because you never know what you're going to get one hour from the next, one day from the next. Experts say there's hardly anything that does more soul damage to children and adults who are looking for love and nurture and affirmation. Nothing must, does more damage than to receive some kind of abuse or shame. It's just a, a, a very detrimental thing. And we've got to be sure, oh God, may the words of my mouth and the motives of my heart be acceptable to you under your control all the time because, boy, sometimes you want to tell those kids off because they're just little snots. And what God says is, don't do that, but, but rather reprove them, correct them, discipline them where they need it. Yes, you spare the rod, whatever that rod may mean to you, you spoil the child. Yes, discipline, but don't shame, don't abuse, don't intimidate, and don't try to control them. It ultimately won't work. Ephesians 4.29 puts it this way. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say... Now watch. <laughs> Boy, is this hard as a parent. Because sometimes, you know, those words just come out. Mm, a little snot. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Boy, that's in the context of raising up a child. The fifth characteristic is healthy families seek help when they come to an impasse. There's an old Chinese proverb that puts it this way. No one's family can hang a sign that says, nothing's the matter here. You know? Not any family can put that sign out front because there's always some things we're working on in interpersonal relationships of family life. It isn't easy. It's hard work. It's a, it's a, it's a discipline to lead our families in the way of the Lord. And in the past, most families have dealt with problems by trying to just sweep things under the rug and, and, and act like there's no problem and stuff stuff and deny stuff. So you got parents that are dysfunctional, you got children that are dysfunctional, and yet they're going to church with that big smile on their face that we saw a little bit ago. <laughs> you know, church is one of the biggest hypocritical places of any time in the week. 
because we try to hide the fact that there's something wrong here, you know. We got work to do. We all do. And, and I would say, if you start realizing that and you start really realizing that's having a detrimental impact in your life or your parenting or your marriage or whatever it may be, seek help. Don't stuff it. Don't put it under the rug. Find friends that you can really share your life with. Find a pastor or, 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 or a counselor or a family counselor or, or a marriage counselor. Find someone that you can really pour your heart out to and get good, godly, biblical counsel. It's so important because if you don't seek help like a cancer, those things can just eat away if they aren't treated. Proverbs 13.10 puts it this way, where there is strife, there's pride. In other words, anytime you see people having problems together, somebody's proud. There's pride somewhere, but now watch the rest of it. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Get counsel. Get help. Don't be afraid of it. It's wonderful. That's why we're all here. We all need each other. That's why we sit around tables so we can vomit once in a while at the table and say, you know, I got a problem and I don't know what to do about this. And maybe someone else can help you. The sixth characteristic is healthy families play together and celebrate meaningful rituals and traditions. I think this is just so cotton-picking important. Um, I guess I'm not supposed to use that word anymore. I just thought about that. You can hardly talk nowadays, you know? <laughs> um, it is so important, okay? Because, you know, when a person dies and you go to their funeral and people start standing up and talking about them, hardly ever do you hear, boy, they were wealthy and had a lot of money in the bank. Man, they were powerful and prestigious. Boy, did they have a lot of possessions. You know what you hear? Man, I remember when. And, oh, I loved that time. And, oh, when I think of dad, when I think of mom, when I think of our family, it's all about memories. And you see, when you have a memory, it almost always comes from some time that was good together. Many times when you were playing together. And those times create the values of security and constancy and predictability and permanence. And so I'm just personally a huge believer in this whole concept of, uh, of doing all kinds of things throughout your parenting process to, to create memories. I tried to take Mandy, our daughter, with me on many, many different opportunities, either road trips or, or speaking engagements or things like that. And I remember when we went to Colombia uh, in, in uh, South America, and, and we flew into Bogota, went down into the jungles, and I was speaking at a missionary conference down there. We had nine days, just stuff we still talk about today. And probably at my funeral, she'll say, I remember when Dad and I were in the jungles. I want to create those kind of memories. Very definitely. And we did annual road trips, uh, Marshall and I. A lot of vacations and a lot of other things we did together. But road trips where, uh, where I tried every year to have something that would create memories. So Marshall would be able to think of at least one thing to say good about me at my funeral, you know? <laughs> uh. But I'll tell you, that's what people say. 
That's what we remember. That's what's important. How did you love me? How did we spend time together? How did we play together? It's not all the stuff we give our lives for as far as possessions. They come and go. They wear out so quickly. But memories last as long as you live. The final characteristic is this. Healthy families teach respect for others. Christian homes start instilling this from the beginning. Respect others. Begin with godly training. That involves the reproofs, the corrections, the discipline. You have to have that. But then fill it with truth as much as they'll receive at any given point, And then just let them know of your unconditional love for them. And then say, now, the way we model that to you is the way we hope you will treat other people. You know, a great song uh, to teach that from the beginning is, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And you start that when they're down here. We want you to act that way because, first of all, that's right. And secondly, that's the way God has treated us. He's loved us that way. He's treated us with that respect even when we were snots to him and sinned against him. He looked down with an unconditional love and said, I've got to make a way of forgiveness so they can be in my family and we can be one and we can create memories together. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his own one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And he set the pattern and then he commands us he says, as much as I want you to love me, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. Show respect for every person. I'll never forget the statement from Willow Creek Church that I heard years ago. It has made a lasting impact on my life, and it's this. You have never looked into the eyes of someone who does not matter to God. You have never looked into the eyes of a person who doesn't matter to God. Therefore, if they matter to God, they must matter to us. They must. So true followers of Christ never gossip, saying things behind people's back. We never judge saying things and thinking things about people without knowing their heart and their life situation and, and their being. We never plant seeds of doubt about someone. See, all of that's not respecting people. And you plant seeds of doubt with statements like this. You know what I heard about? Oh, but I'm sure that's not true. You planted a seed of doubt right there. And followers of Christ never lie. Because that's disrespecting a person to lie to them. And you never curse them. Because cursing a person is almost the same as saying, go to hell. Never do those things. Now, those are the seven characteristics that I wanted to share with you this morning of a healthy family. And I'm going to just admit to you, we can't do that by ourselves. 
That's why every day we need to be praying, oh God, may the words that I speak and the thoughts that I have and the attitudes that fill my life, may they all be pleasing to you so they will be right before others. God, may it be. And if you're here without Christ as your Savior, my goodness, He's ready to forgive you and, and come and live in your life if you're ready to say to Him, I need forgiveness. I can't do it by myself. Jesus, you're my only hope. I ask you to forgive me of my sinfulness. Come and live in my life. Take control of my life and then help me to be that father, that mother, that grandparent, that person that you created me to be. And when we have that kind of relationship with God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit who can help us maybe live this out. Very, very important. I'd like for you to take your sheet on your table, if you would, okay? I'm going to close this way, and we're going to table talk time. Um, and I just want to show you that what we've done is on this sheet, we've listed those seven things. Now, here's the problem with church. We hear stuff, and then we go out and forget it. Okay? I know, because I can do the same thing. So, Put this somewhere where you look at it every day this week. And then on the back, down at the bottom, there's some instructions on how to work with your family on this. It would be great on Tuesday. It'd be great this afternoon, sometime before you go to bed today, to meet with your family and say, here's what we're going to do this week with God's help. And then on Tuesday, ask your kids if you're doing it. Accountability. Let's be doers of the word not just tears. May God help every father, every parent, every person in this place to have those characters of Christ, characteristics of Christ that will bless all the people around us. What a joy it is to be with you today. Again, happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our Simple.Church app.